welcome back to yet another Passion for Wrestling podcast session. It is today, everyone. There has never been another today, and there will never be another today as there is today. And that is something to think about. But something that you guys won't have to think too hard about is this previous pay-per-view, Elimination Chamber 2018, because we're going to go ahead and run that mother down for you. So if you sit back, you grab that snack, and you relax, and you listen to the smooth, smooth sounds of Sluglord, a.k.a. the reigning, defending, two-time IWC Universal Champion, and also Robbie Sensual Sekots and Anarchist OC. OC. Now, does that stand for Orange Condor, by chance? Uh, mm, no. Um, oh, I thought I had it, damn it. <laughs> Close. Okay. The, so the mystery lives on. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that one under wraps for a little bit longer, I think. Gotta keep someone interested, I suppose. Robbie Sekots. That's me. How are we feeling today? Are we feeling smooth as lavender, my brother? Uh, yeah, with a touch of sensualness inside as well. As per use, as per use, I like it, and so do the people. And another thing that we all like here is Kona Leashes, the official advertiser of Passion for Wrestling. Okay, that is Kona Leashes at K-O-N-A-L-E-A-S-H-E-S dot com. Okay, for all of your dog needs, they have mountain-graded leashes that are just as strong as can possibly be. And with every single purchase that you make, one pound of dog food is then donated to a shelter in need. Last donation was over 600 pounds of dog food. We want to see that doubled, maybe even tripled. Let's go out and use the promo code KL20 for 20% off at checkout. KL20 at checkout gets you 20% off. We thank them for all that they do for all the furry puppies out there, especially mine. Now, guys, OC. What matches did we see at Elimination Chamber? Because I'm still in a daze from it. I can't even remember. The hell the people we saw. Yeah, sure. No worries. So I've got the card in front of me. We start off with the pre-show. It's a little bit different from the prediction video that we sent out last week. But on the pre-show, we saw the club take on the Miztourage. Shortly after that, we saw the first ever Women's Elimination Chamber match. Leading on from that, we saw The Bar, which is Cesaro and Sheamus, taking on Titus Worldwide, or Apollo and Titus O'Neil. From there, we saw Asuka take on Nia Jax for her place in the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Following that, we saw Woken Matt Hardy take on Bray Wyatt. And lastly, we saw the 2018 Men's Elimination Chamber match. Um, Overall, it was a good pay-per-view. Let's start off with the pre-show. That's uh, the club and the Miztourage. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw that over to our resident jobber and our pre-show guy, Robbie Sekot. Let's go ahead and take it, you goddamn jobber. Oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah, we had uh, the club, or Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, um, defeating the Miztourage via pinfall on their kickoff. To be honest, it was... Um, the Miztourage had a lot of uh, a lot of in charge. They were quite dominant at the start. But um, a lovely super kick from Gallows to Dallas uh, was the 
the complete switch around during the match. Carl Anderson finally got tagged in and we had a magic killer. And that was basically the match. It lasted just over eight minutes, eight minutes, 50 seconds to be precise. And I think the main thing out of this match that we see was um, the revival cutting a promo backstage, which um, I'm assuming is going to build for another, well, I'm assuming a better feud. The club, I think this is what's going to make the club and the revival look more serious. That's just a quick breakdown of it. Um, what did you guys think? Go ahead, OC. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was um, quite a good way to start off the pay-per-view. Considering it was the only match on the pre-show, I was expecting it to be a bit more of a longer match. But um, yeah. overall, I thought the match was quite entertaining. It was a very dominant start from the Miztourage. A couple of changes in direction throughout the match. But there was only really one way this was going to go, um, for me anyway, and that was for the club to take the uh, take the win, which they did. Yep. And um, yeah, overall, I found it quite an entertaining match, but I don't didn't give you the wow factor that I was hoping for. But yeah, it, it was a good start. It was a good way to build the pay per view. Um, but I think that given it's uh, potentially going to add to the feud between Finn Balor and the Miz, if that if we see that a bit further down the line, it, it could be interesting to see almost the two factions go against each other. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. It wasn't my most favourite match, but overall I thought it was okay. Well, for me, I thought that it was quite a predictable way to start out quite a predictable pay-per-view, if you don't mind my saying so. But I agree. I will say it was nice to see the Mistourage get in a little bit of offense, albeit very short that it lasted. I would love to see more out of that team going forward. However, they were hit with the magic killer, so one must wonder, is that magic, in fact, dead? Um, do you know what? This is my only other concern as well. The fact that they are being used as lackeys rather than uh, wrestlers. Does it not show that if they can hang with the club, then the club are, are lower down than they should be? Do you know what I mean? Because the miserable are there just to take good. a beating. Not necessarily if they're just trying, if they're trying to build the entire division, then they could, uh, I would expect to see competitive matches all across yeah. the board, but it doesn't really matter what I think at all that, all that matters is what happened. The club beat the Miz Taraj. So let's see what happens for both teams going forward. Following mm-hmm. that match was the first ever. Did you guys know that it was the first ever? Okay. It was the first ever women. <laughs> chamber match i didn't know that i i thought this was at least the seventh but either way it was the women's chamber match it started off with bailey and also what is i keep i always forget this girl's name and i feel so terrible about it it was sonya deville sonya deville i always get her to confuse with uh the one that's down in the nxt the balzar one but it was sonya deville and Bailey to start the match. The crowd was actually hot for Bailey, which was interesting to see, being that in the last couple of months it's been totally stagnant for her. Um, they had a pretty competitive start to this match. I was actually very impressed with Sonya Deville. I think she's a great worker. She has a high ceiling uh, for what she could be going forward. I'd like to see more promo work and more character development out of her. Uh, but following that, the first one to come out of the chamber was Mandy Rose clearly setting up their or her teaming up with Sonya Deville 
on Bailey. Bailey got a lot of great offense in on both these women to start. Made her look incredibly strong, but they eventually got the upper hand up until the very next entrance, Sasha Botch. I mean, God, I oh, why do I always do that? God, come on, Slug. Come on. Sasha Bet Sasha Banks. Okay. She came in, helped her friend out. She hit the bank statement on Mandy Rose, got her to tap immediately, it seemed like. She hit it in pretty hard, too. It looked like she had a pretty stiff hold on her. Uh, Mandy Rose exited, leaving Sonya for herself. Obviously, Bailey and Sasha teamed up on her. Although it did lead to a moment where... Oh, I guess that was later on in the match. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I apologize for that. Uh, the next entrance into the match was Mickey James. Mickey James came in, got a lot of great offense in, but ultimately was nearly immediately eliminated by Bailey, which I didn't really understand what the point is to that. As we had said on the prediction video, we had thought possibly they would give her the title just for a feel-good moment and then switch it back before WrestleMania, obviously. But clearly that was never in the cards, as I'm not sure what her total in-ring time was, but it, it was definitely less than like six minutes for sure. The final entrance into the mat, or entrant into the mat after Sonya Deville, Mickey James, and Mandy Rose were all defeated. It was only Sasha and Bailey left. Alexa Bliss then comes out of the chamber, forces the door shut, doesn't come out. It was a great cowardly heel move. Escapes out the other side, proceeds to climb the chamber, trying to escape both Bailey and Sasha. This was used uh, a lot during the end of the match, including in one segment where Sasha Banks kicked Bailey off the pod, uh, teasing that heel turn even further, which obviously all fans are ready for. Um, ultimately, what ends up happening is Bailey gets eliminated via Alexa Bliss. Then it's Alexa Bliss versus Sasha. We see a couple of botching kind of moves, including a bot uh, frog splash. It wasn't really too much of a frog splash. It was more of a cross-body jump. Uh, but Alexa Bliss ultimately goes over in this. Uh, she cuts seemingly a babyface promo in the end and then turns on the crowd beautifully. Uh, she was even kind of tearing up for this moment in women's history and saying she did this for everyone out there. They can do anything they want. But uh, then she then tells them that none of them will ever accomplish any of their dreams. And she's the only one that obviously can accomplish those. Uh, I, I thought it was a great match of all the first ever women's matches that we've seen. Uh, women's mm -hmm. style, all the other ones, I thought this was the best. Uh, there were a couple wonky kind of moments, but I thought the good far outweighed the bad. What did you guys think? I uh, I do agree, Slug. Um, great rundown. A few things really stood out. Rundown, the, um, long match. Yeah, quite long. Um, the splash from Mickey James uh, was a good moment. Um, and I felt like the women really used the chamber. Um, sometimes you get like a, a other chambers, it's not used as much and climbing up on top and, and working around it. So they've done really well to use that. Um, Mickey and Sasha have both done uh, moves off the top. Sasha didn't look as great, but you know, like you said, it goes wobbly at times. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great match uh, to really kick the show off. I wanted it to be the main event, if I'm honest. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. But the best way to kick the show off was with them. And I think they, they set up bar for the next one if it happens. So 
I really enjoyed the women's elimination match. Um, I completely agree with what Slugger said, how this is the best of the first ever women's matches. Alexa Bliss completely impressed me throughout the entire match. I think she played her character very well. It was almost reminiscent of the way that the Miz acts. Um, you know, initially she was sort of doing the running away, sort of cowering from the other superstars, which I found suited the character really, really well. But as soon as there was any opportunity for her to get the upper hand, she was there, she was taking it. The high spot from her doing a twisted bliss off the top of one of the chambers I thought was fantastic. was not expecting such a high spot. Overall, I was really impressed with her. I was really impressed, impressed with... Um, with Absolution, I thought they worked very well as a team. Felt a bit bad for Mandy Rose because not only was she the first person eliminated from the Royal Rumble match, but she was the first person eliminated from the Elimination Chamber match as well. So all in all, she's not had a great start to these first ever matches. And I was also quite impressed with um, Mickey as well. I thought considering the short amount of time that she actually did have in the match, she came out strong, uh, had some great sort of confrontations with a couple of other of the superstars. Um, and overall, the time she was in the match, I found quite entertaining. Well, she is a great, great performer. And also, you had mentioned that Mandy Rose was the first one out in a prior match. And also this one, Rob, I believe, also has quite an interesting stat to share with the people. Robert? <laughs> yes. So um, of all the first ever matches to just within the women's um would you call it revolution or women's uh, division? Yep, women's, women's revolution, we'll call it. So Sasha Banks has been obviously a part of nearly every single one of the first time matches and everyone that she's been a part of, she's actually lost. She hasn't won any of them. Quite interesting. Quite interesting so, indeed. Will that continue? We'll never know. We will. We we clearly will know. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we never know. because we, we're all subscribers to the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month. Obviously, I pay for the entire year up front because I'm absolutely loaded. Um, <laughs> and also loaded on steroids today. So thank you for my connect in Sweden. Also to you, Rob, for those very, very nice ones from Tijuana. <laughs> Following that match, however, we have the bar versus Titus worldwide. And Rob, this sounds like your kind of match. Go ahead and run that sucker down. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I actually enjoyed the match. So uh, before the match began, um, there was a little of a slugfest between them. Uh, you know, the ref had to get control, which was pretty. Oh, you haven't seen you haven't seen a slugfest, baby. Come on over on a Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> so uh, Titus Worldwide had uh, actually got momentum over the bar uh, for a while. Unfortunately, with Olo being Apollo being beaten up by the bar outside the ring, the pace slowed, which was uh, a lot better for the bar. You know how they work. They like to sort of slow the match down, work on a certain body part and grind them out until they can. Basically, what they've done with Seth before, just take the person out of the equation. Yeah, so after a bit of a hot tag from Titus at four on Titus O'Neil, uh, which was really good. I love Titus when he gets a hot tag. He, uh, he really gets the crowd going. And I think he's great for that. Uh, but the bar, again, you know, being as best as they can be, they took on everything and they finished the match with a white noise into like a neck breaker combo. And, uh, yep, the bar remained victorious. I don't think anybody saw this going any other way, honestly. Titus Worldwide has been doing a lot of good things, personality-wise, character-wise. 
on our television sets as of late. However, I don't think anybody saw them as a real contender to the belts over the bar right now, especially giving the speculation that this is going to be Sheamus's last year uh, hearing of his neck issues, the same kind of neck issues that Edge had suffered toward the end of his career. So I just could not see Titus Worldwide being the ones to dethrone them as champions. What did you think, OC? I think the entire match is just instinctive, um, or sorry, I should say, just an example of how lacking the raw tag team division is at the minute. Um, yeah. I felt like Titus Worldwide were put into that match right at the last minute. Didn't really have much depth to it. There were some good good entertaining spots in the match, um, but to even an experienced wrestling fan, I think it was quite clear who was going to come out on top on that one. Um, overall, yeah, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to broaden the division a little bit, try to get some further talents in there, like you say, with Sheamus and Cesaro potentially coming towards the end of their run with the risk to Sheamus's neck. I think they need to take action. Um, but in terms of the quality of the match, I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't overly impressed, but you know, it was kind of. It was a toilet break match, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, yep. You know, it, it was just a filler to to get to the next match. You know what? I can totally understand that, and I somewhat agree with you, because the next match was one that I am sure many fans across the entire WWE universe were looking towards on this night, and that was Asuka versus Nia Jax. No one has proven to be ready for Asuka. Now, OC, are you ready to cover Asuka's match? You know I am. I come ready. But let's run down some of the details. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, the stipulation in this match was for Nia Jax to, to win, which would get her the opportunity to enter into the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. It was there was quite a clear distinction between the two opponents, Nia uh, Nia Jax with her powerhouse physique, um, and Asuka with her you know her speed. You know, ultimately there was a lot of uh, big heavy moves from Nia Jax quite early into the match, which took the speed out of the uh, match quite early on. Um, quite a lot of uh, groundwork and you know transitions between the two. There was a few occasions of Nia Jax trying to sort of over dominate with uh, Asuka throughout the match, which towards the end, Asuka was trying to pick up the speed a little bit, get things sort of fluidly moving to give her the uh, give her the advantage, and ultimately led to her managing to get the roll-up on Jax uh, to get the, get the three count. Um, I think the most dramatic part of the entire match was what happened after the match, which was when um, Nia Jax put... Asuka through the uh, ringside barriers. That was a bit of a turn yep. I was not expecting to see, um, but I think it was a very good conclusion to the match. We saw Asuka hobble away towards the end, uh, you know, helped by the assisting referees, um, and it certainly left a bit of a shock factor in there. But overall, I was I was quite impressed with the match. What, what did you guys think? Well, I thought that the barrier. Mark, the barrier uh, spot was fantastic, especially 
in the way that the barrier just absolutely exploded. The only type of explosion I've ever seen like that is me in the gym when I'm just exploding with these weights bouncing across this mountain of a chest that lies upon this torso that the gods have chosen to give me. But it was a fantastic spot. The visuals were great. Uh, it kept Naya viable as this monster. I mean, Asuka has run through absolutely everybody that she's faced, and she ends up just escaping. thats I don't even think you could call it winning the match. She escaped the match via roll-up. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Nia Jax in another type of situation leading up to WrestleMania where she's put in another position to win an opportunity uh, to be in that match. I still, however, believe that it's going to be a singles competition uh, that we see Asuka in ultimately when we come to WrestleMania. I don't think, however, that Nia Jax was in any way injured taking the loss to possibly the most dominant woman we've ever seen in the WWE. What did you think, Robert? Yeah, so um, I thought the match was really good, uh, but more for Nia. Um, if they're trying to turn her into this like massive monster hill in the women's division, then uh, they're doing their job definitely yep. um, like you said uh, through the explosive uh, barricade even the point where um naya deadlift oscar uh from the mat giant that shows how strong and powerful she really is and uh, then she got slammed into the corner um that oscar is but yeah i mean i enjoyed the match for what it was um i didn't think it was going to be that great if i'm honest um i thought it was going to be like a more of a squash sort of match with winning by um a count out or something if I'm if yeah. I'm honest, I thought it was going to be like Oscar just escaped by like winning by via count out. Um, but the fact that it was a, a roll up really showed that she had to do all she could just to get a roll up. Um, you know, just grab on like for last hope. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Really good. Yeah. I'm sure when we get the rematch down the line, it's only going to build anticipation for it even further. Just being that fans don't know what could possibly happen. Will Nia Jax escape again? Or will, however, uh, Asuka escape again, or will Nia finally get her? Will Nia be the one to finally break that undefeated streak? Who mm-hmm. knows? But one thing I do know for sure, if you're out there and you're listening, and you got those delicate, delicate ear pods in them ears, I'm ready for you, Asuka. I can handle it. <sighs> that sounds a little bit too saucy. I think we're going to need sort of a parental guidance no, no, on this. No, no, you don't need it. They can hear it. They're ready. You don't need to get lost in this sauce. I'll find you, girl. I'll guide you. Okay, now we're and moving why don't into uh, stalkering. Why uh, don't? <laughs> well, why don't you guide us through the next match, there, smart guy? Woken Matt versus Broken Bray Wyatt. This match started. I heard that that match even upset your son. Is that true? No, he loved it. This was the highlight of his match. Uh, highlight of the pay per view oh. for him. Uh, not so much for oh, me, man. but um, you know. I'll uh, I'll coach him on getting better tastes as we uh, as we move forward. But it had a, quite an interesting start. We saw Woken Matt Hardy make his entrance to the ring, doing his usual delete chant. Ultimately, got into the uh, got into the ring, and Bray Wyatt had the opportunity to make his entrance. Only by which point, Woken Matt Hardy had disappeared from the ring, leaving just his jacket, which. Uh, it's good to see someone playing mind games against 
Bray Wyatt, as he traditionally has been the person to play the mind games on his opponents. But I thought that was quite a compelling start to the match. Unfortunately, it all kind of went downhill from there. The quality of the match wasn't great. Yep, I'm not even going to dignify a freaking response for this match because I'm just over this feud. I have mm-hmm. no interest. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to give it any kind of time of my day. Um, <clears throat> I agree. Uh, the only thing that really stood out to me, I mean, a match with lackluster at best, I would say, but um, the fans didn't care that much because they were singing that they wanted beach balls. So when the fans are singing about a beach ball rather than a match, it, I think it's time to end the feud. Yeah, I think it was time to end the feud long ago, uh-huh. and they missed that mark. And I, honest to God, when I say this, I do not think that Bray Wyatt's character can be saved at this point. I have seen rumor all over that WWE is looking into releasing him, possibly. And I think that it's probably what's best for both parties going forward. I could not see him salvaging that character and making resurgence at any point uh, under this gimmick whatsoever. Even if they have Sister Abigail come back, even if they have the Wyatt family band back together, even if he joined Matt Hardy and the whole Broken Universe, I think that Bray Wyatt is dead in the water, much like that decrepit corpse of a freaking skeleton that is Sister Abigail. Get out of my face with it. Well, strangely enough, that was another one of the rumours that seemed to be circulating at the minute, was that the feud was going to end, but we were going to see Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt team up as a tag team moving forward which although on paper probably makes sense realistically it just seems like a ridiculous option to me I don't want it I don't think I anybody didn't want wants broken it Matt. I didn't want broken Matt but the fact that we've got him um, you know I just feel like it, both characters are lackluster um, they had momentum at the start at, at the start of when the character was like it's born now it's uh, it you know it's not great like I'm not enjoying a- either of them. Um, I was a big fan of Bray a couple of years ago. Nowadays, I'm not so much of a. I'm not really interested. I know you're going to come out, cut the same price, lose the main event, like lose the whole match type. Whoever he's got his feud with, and then he just starts again. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not involved or interested at all. Well, I'm hoping that yep. the return of Jeff Hardy, who's meant to be returning using his brother Nero gimmick, is going to help. Um, redevelop the character but you know all we can do really at this stage is have our fingers crossed but who knows we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens but it's even evident that the fans are beginning to turn on Wyatt themselves and also somebody else who the fans seemingly have turned on before she's even got got it started is Ronda Rousey and I will go ahead and touch on that a tad bit here we saw even on her entrance that fans were already booing her, chanting Holly Holm at her, trying to derail her of her promo, which I think they successfully had done at the start of it. Everybody seemed to be off their game. Triple H, Stephanie, and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, it's quite evident that the concussions are catching up with him, and he is no longer able to formulate 
uh, normal words out of his mouth. Sometimes I have the same problem. That's because steroids have now started working on my tongue, which is a muscle, and it's just goddamn jacked in my mouth. Okay, and I'm just uh, getting used to it. All right. I am. Um, sorry, Slug. I, I thought the reason you were struggling putting sentences together was because um, the attacks that you've been getting through being the marks. I thought it was just it was trying to get on top of you now. I thought. No, you know, and I, you know what? I got what? something for them coming up. Don't you worry about that. But anyways, mm-hmm. continuing on about this, uh, the segment continued. Trip our Kurt Angle revealed to Ronda Rousey that the only reason that the WWE was interested in signing her is because they want to own her, and they're in fact trying to get back at her for embarrassing Triple H and Stephanie uh, at WrestleMania 31. Now, and then they go on to say that Stephanie believes that she could take Ronda in a ring no problem, and she called her a bitch and whatnot. This led to Ronda Rousey putting Triple H, the game, Triple H, the game, through a table, right in front of his wife. She then comes into the ring and delivers the slap of all slaps to Ronda. This is the stiffest shit slap. Clearly, they can't be too hard on this girl. We've seen her go down from hits (laughs) nearly as hard. Okay, they need to be careful with that. But it still was a fantastic way to end the segment. It started kind of shaky. Ended great for me. Uh, I know I saw kind of other people saying you could tell the ca- the table was gimmicked. It was a little bit too wonky, blah, blah, blah. But let's all take into consideration that this was ultimately Ronda's first time in front of a WWE audience cutting a promo. And this was a savage audience that from the start was trying to derail her. I thought given all the circumstances, she did all right. It wasn't perfect, but she did. She did okay. I'll give her a, I'll give her like a C plus B for it. But I thought that the entire segment, uh, I thought it worked. Uh, negatives aside, uh, tr- Triple H and Kurt Angle's kind of wonkiness aside, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. What did you guys think? Did it work for you? Overall, I wasn't particularly impressed with the segment. I thought it was very samey yeah. samey. Um, the promos weren't really on point from any of them. Ronda, Kurt, and, you know, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Nothing was there particularly impressive out of that. Um, Kurt looked spaced out through the entire thing. Um, I'm not even sure he knew where he was, to be fair. But, um, you know, a bit of a shame we didn't see the gimmicked armbar. I was kind of hoping we were going to see an armbar, but we didn't. Table spot was okay. But overall, the table was pretty obvious from the start. I mean, even the tablecloth wasn't covering it particularly well. What did you think, Rob? Um, so, again, like, just because I watched it back uh, yesterday, because you said we we're doing the pod, so I like to, to, to keep myself refreshed on what was happening. Um, like you said, Kurt just seemed like he didn't know where he was, saying it was at WrestleMania 21 and not 31. Yeah, I just feel like... If them silly little mistakes didn't happen, um, it would have gone a little bit more fluent and it would have made Ronda maybe... She just looked uncomfortable. And I feel the fact that the people in the ring, uh, Triple H, Stephanie and Kurt, are the professionals that what are doing this sort of stuff, cutting promos and reacting to the crowd. And they didn't seem comfortable doing it themselves for some reason that night. And I think that made Ronda look very nervous. Um, obviously, I understand... Cutting a promo for the first time in front of thousands is not going to be easy. Um, other than shooting, like she used to do for uh, UFC, but 
I, I don't know. I feel like she looked comfortable, but it's nice to see her get a little bit physical, and uh, we'll see where that leads to with the build-up, putting her through, putting Triple H through a table. So um, I enjoyed it. I think it could have been done a lot better, but um, what Kurt said it showed how much of, of a heel figure that Triple H and Stephanie are. Shows that they're sort of bad people, even though they're trying to make a great signing. Um, hey, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. For how, uh, for how rough Ronda is, do you think, uh, do you think she's a sensual lover? Uh, I, I think she's too rough to be a sensual lover. Um, she'd eat you alive. Hey, hey. Send her my what, way, what, what? then. Hey. Send her my way, then after Oscar. I, I can't handle it. I, um, yeah, I couldn't handle that either. I, I couldn't. I'm, uh, I told you, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gentle. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note, we're going to go ahead and jump to the men's chamber, which is also on Robbie Seikot. So go ahead and save that sensual love for later on. We need to rough it. We need to get rough and we need to tumble with these big old dudes in this big old chamber. And I know that's something that you like to do in your spare time, Rob, but you're going to go ahead and do it on the clock, bud. Uh, well, I'll try and do my best. I can't promise too much, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, so the match consisted of Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. Uh, wow, we start that's off a big with, match. It is. The first, do you know, it was the first ever seven, man. Did you, uh, are you aware of that? Oh, man, let's not talk about that uh, 12-man tag one from a couple of years ago. Moving on. Yep, yep. So uh, <laughs> Elias uh, started by uh, singing to the crowd, which... I thought it was lovely the fact that he could sit in the middle of the chamber and be Elias, like keep the keep the gimmick strong. Uh, I love the gimmick. gimmick. Are you walking with Elias? Oh, oh yeah, you know it. He's got a fantastic beard. We're beard brothers. So glad. So uh, the other people in the pods were Strowman, Elias, Cena, Roman Reigns, while Rollins, The Miz, and Finn Balor started off in the ring. Now um, it was a nice back and forth. A couple of double teams. From uh, the Miz and Seth, um, then entered John Cena, uh, which I thought was a little bit too obvious. Uh, I would have liked to have seen come, Cena come out last, um, given the fact that he wants to go to Mania. So him coming out kind of early, it just didn't didn't make sense to me at all. So Cena come out and uh, it basically was attempting his signature moves. Um, he finally done the uh, double uh, five knuckle shuffle. So would that make it a ten knuckle shuffle? Uh, Slug, am I right in saying that? Oh, yeah. He had both hands full. I thought so. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was all right. By the time that that had all finished, Roman Reigns was already like now next in the pod. Or next coming out of the pod, sorry. Um, to be honest, I don't feel Roman really done much in the time that he was in till uh, Braun Strowman come out. And Braun Strowman just looks like an absolute beast. Um if they're pushing him to be the next big monster after Bro- uh, after Brock goes, then they are doing it. A mate, they're doing an amazing job. The fact that uh, everyone will basically got eliminated by Braun using his uh, running power slam. And uh, am I right in saying now that Braun holds the record for the most wins as well in the elimination chamber? Uh, sorry, most eliminations in the elimination chamber. I think you're right. He managed to successfully eliminate five people in the elimination chamber match. Yeah, so that's uh, six, isn't it? Right, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Yeah, so eliminated. Yeah, a lot. So uh, he's done really well with that. Um, they're pushing him big time. And the fact that he, um, like I said, he kicks out of every single person's 
finisher and it still made him look like strong. The only thing that I was not happy about was the fact that after all of that, I was like, Roman isn't going to win. And Roman wins with his, uh, I think, three spears he'd done to uh, eliminate uh, Braun Strowman. So, yeah, uh, I'm not happy with the finish. Uh, I really didn't want Roman being pushed back to the uh, Universal uh, main event scene. However, you know, that's what happens when you're Roman Reigns. Uh, what did you guys think? So I'll kind of dive in quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, I thought it was a, an okay elimination chain. That's not my favourite over the last few years, but I thought it was quite a good one. I think they did yep. the right thing with Braun. They managed to keep him looking strong throughout the entire match while still taking a pinfall. Um, yep. Now, this is only the second time, I believe, that Braun Strowman has taken a pinfall on TV. So that just kind of goes to show they're really trying to protect the Monster Among Men gimmick. They really want him to look powerful. So the fact that he was able to go in and eliminate five other participants and still yep. retain that that look just kind of complements creative on the way that they decided to book him in this particular match. Roman kind of entered and a lot of the work had already been done. I don't feel like he had as much involvement as I perhaps would have expected him to. I was hoping for a little bit of a swerve. Didn't get the swerve. The outcome was very expected, although they tried to sort of throw you off the expected result by, um, you know, giving Seth a very dominant run over the last couple of weeks. I overall just, I wasn't, I wasn't pleased with the outcome, but it was it was very expected. So, yeah, it, uh, I suppose if I was to rate it out of 10, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Fair play to that. And I would have to agree that I think everybody kind of had a anticipation that Roman was going to be the guy that was going to win it, uh, which led us on the prediction podcast. If you hadn't listened to that or if you had, you'd be familiar with this, that we had all said it seems too obvious Roman's going to win, so several of us picked Seth Rollins to win it. I, the biggest takeaway from the chamber that I took is it's clear that The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor have something going forward. Uh, before, I thought it was only going to be a Finn Balor-Miz match at WrestleMania for the IC title. Now I'm more towards the belief that we might see a triple threat ladder match uh, for the IC title bet, belt between those three at WrestleMania for the title which sounds like an incredible match to me, uh, possibly even too sweet, which is, I don't even want to hear that because cavities, and I just, I have too many as it is, dental bills. But I would love to see that match. This match, I would agree with you guys that it worked in the sense that Braun did majority of the heavy lifting, took out majority of the field. It was great for his character. He's supposed to be a big, heavy monster that nobody can deal with, and that's what we saw in the chamber. Uh, nobody, except for the big dog, was able to deal with Braun Strowman, and clearly they want Roman to be the guy moving forward, so it makes sense in that booking uh, booking sense. Um, it's not what a lot of people wanted. Um, that's quite evident. However, you know, when the WWE is set, WWE is set in their ways, they're set in their ways, and they're going to carry on their plans regardless of what a couple people on the internet want and i think that's smart on their part not to pander to the crowd too much uh stick to your guns and you know just allow the outcome to be what it may and but all in all i did enjoy the match for what it was um i wasn't too 
keen on this pay-per-view going into it. Didn't have a high level of excitement, but coming out of it, I will say it wasn't the greatest pay-per-view. It wasn't the most memorable pay-per-view, but it wasn't the worst either. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, sorry yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um, you know, the card, when it was announced, wasn't the most, you know, best card that they've announced over the last few months or even over the last couple of years. But this is the last uh, Raw pay-per-view before WrestleMania. I don't think they'd want to put too many matches out there which were going to be, you know, top calibre because it perhaps dampened the card for WrestleMania. So I think they're holding back a lot for WrestleMania. But overall, I thought it was an okay pay-per-view. A lot of the answers or a lot of the um, outcomes of the matches were expected. But there were some entertaining spots of it. Um, and there's there's a few areas where I think we're going to see some developments over the next couple of weeks for for Raw. Um, you'll see some storylines build. But overall, yeah, I think it was okay. Absolutely. How about for you, Rob? How did the pay-per-view rate as a whole? Um, I think uh, you had good parts and bad parts um, overall. I feel like sometimes there was more bad parts going in in the matches itself rather than the booking. Things just didn't go right. For example, even down the booking that I was saying a minute ago with the Ronda Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey um, stuff, I just felt like so it was missing something. It didn't seem like a typical Raw pay-per-view. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just me that felt like that. It, just, it was felt like it was just missing something, and I'm not sure what it was that it was missing, but it just didn't seem as it normally is. Uh, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10 uh, if you were rating me out of 10. Uh, other than that, it was it was okay. It was watchable. Um, it's not one that I'll remember in a couple of years' time, as we spoke about in previous pods about great uh, pay per views. But if it was what it, it done its job for what it was supposed to do, and it pushed certain people, so um, yeah, it was alright. Absolutely, I would have to uh, I would have to agree that it's not something that's going to be talked about uh, a year or two years later. But it was something that happened along with this podcast. Is something that just happened for you people okay and this is only just the pay-per-view rundown we have another one coming out later on this week okay we're gonna run down raw and smackdown for you filthy marks out there okay there might even be a little bit of indie talk for you dirty dirty indies out there okay dirty indie fans out there okay much like myself we got much planned for you this week so stay tuned for all to come and oc go ahead and let the people know where they can find everything yeah, absolutely. So we've got the main Passion for Wrestling page, which is facebook.com forward slash P4 Wrestling. We've got the Twitter account, which is at P4W Wolfpack. We've got the Instagram, which is at P4W Wolfpack. We've got the main YouTube page, which is Passion for Wrestling. And we've also got the Wolfpack Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash P4W Wolfpack. All the links are available on the pages. So if you're a subscriber to one, have a look. You'll be able to find all the others. Make sure you subscribe and, uh, you know, we'll keep throwing some content out to you and hopefully hopefully this is one you enjoy. And Rob, yeah. do you guys only cover WWE news or can I also possibly find memes or original content? What all do you guys do at Passion for Wrestling? I'm curious. Uh, so yeah, we cover everything and anything to do with wrestling, uh, whether that's indie, if it's um, Japanese, uh, WWE. I mean, oh, some of us even go far as talking about. Yes, we we even go far as talking about WCW, even AWA. AWA. 
uh, NWA also. So uh, we cover everything and it's all original content and it's our own material and it's not plagiarized or copied from anyone else, which um, I can't guarantee is on pages. So just come to Passion for Wrestling because we give the best content. Absolutely. And we have the craziest band of characters that you can ever find across the internet. But leading the charge is the reigning, defending IWC two-time Universal Champion, okay? And once again, anybody out there want to come out here and take me off this pedestal? I heard some talk about some guy named Grim out there. I heard he's having a losing battle with diabetes. He don't want no parts of this out here, I'll tell you that much, okay? I'm Jack and stacked and freaking ready to go to the max, okay? Sluglord, Anarchist, Secots, we want to thank you guys for joining us. We want to thank Kona Leashes. For the promo code KL20 for 20% off all your dog needs at checkout, KL20 at KonaLeashes.com. Anything else that you guys want to add for these fine, fine, filthy marks of ours? Um, not that I know of other than um, just keep subscribing. If you haven't subscribed to us already, go and do it now. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting for because, like you just said, we've got the best content. Absolutely. OC? The only thing I want to add is if you have listened to this podcast, leave it a review, please. Um, you know, we're really keen to get some feedback on how you got you guys are finding things. If there's anything you want us to change, if there's anything that you want us to add, let us know. We'll take it on board. Make sure you get involved and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Yeah, and he's being nice. I'm going to tell you guys straight up. You go out there, you leave a goddamn review, okay? <laughs> I'm done with this, all right? I got the steroids flowing. If I got to show up to your doorstep, hey. I'll knock on it. I'll ask your mom, hey, is little Timmy there? I need to talk to little Timmy. And then I'm going to put you in a freaking toilet, okay? You leave the review. And you leave a good one. That's five star. Six if they got it. You guys have a too sweet day. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>